Today in the Beginner's Guide to the Lord of the Rings, I'll answer. How were the elves organized once they reached Valinor? Who was Finway and his son Feanor? What happened after Melkor's sentence ended? All this and more coming right up. Welcome. In the Beginner's Guide to the Lord of the Rings podcast, we explore the foundational epic stories from the deep past of Middle-earth. If you enjoyed J.R.R. Tolkien's books, or maybe just Peter Jackson's movies, or perhaps you're excited for the new Lord of the Rings TV series by Amazon Studios, and you want to dive deeper into the rich world of Middle-earth, then listen and subscribe. Mongo Vanyan, fellow wanderers. Today's date is January 6th. Today in Middle-earth, in the year 3019, the Fellowship, or company as it's called in the book, is traveling from Rivendell. It will reach the land of Holland in a couple of days. From there, they will attempt to cross the Misty Mountains in a mountain pass. These tidbits are based on Today in Middle-earth History Calendar on the OneRing.net. Map check. It is the first age of Middle-earth. The Valar, on behalf of the elves, have imprisoned Melkor for a time. The elves are traveling west to Valinor to dwell with the Valar. The elves have broken into three factions, the Vanyar, the Noldor, the Teleri. Today's episode will cover the chapters titled Of Eldamar and the Princess of the Eldalier and Of Feanor and the Unchaining of Melkor from the book called The Silmarillion, written by J.R.R. Tolkien and published by Ballantine Books in 1977. Let's begin. The Vanyar and the Noldor reach the western edges of Middle-earth. To the north is a great sea called the Grinding Ice, so Arome leads the elves southward to the mouths of a river called Sirion. Here the elves first behold the sea, and are filled with fear. But Olmo, that Valar who controls the oceans, comes to speak with them, and he creates beautiful music that transforms their fear to longing of the sea. Olmo takes up part of an island that was a little ways out into the sea, and the elves come upon it like it's a huge ship. Olmo takes the island west, and eventually the elves come to the land of Valinor in all its glory and bliss. Because of their love of the stars, the Valar create a valley in the mountain fence around Valinor so that the elves can live between the light of the trees and still see glimpses of the stars. This valley is known as the Pass of Light, for the light of the trees would spill from the west and lighten the eastern sea. In this valley, the elves created a great city called Tyrion, and the Noldor and the Vanyar lived there long in friendship. If you've seen the picture that was released by Amazon Studios a few months ago, There's two trees in the background and a white figure in the foreground, and in the middle is this great white city. Many believe that that city is the city Tyrion in the Pass of Light in Valinor. Of all things in Valinor, they loved Telperion the most, that eldest tree that produced silver light. So Yvonne created for them a tree, white like Telperion, but didn't produce its own light. This tree, named Galathilion, is the ancestor of the white tree of Numenor, which in turn is an ancestor to the white tree of Gondor. The Vanyar loved Manwë and Varda most, but the Noldor gravitated to Aule, the master craftsman of the Valar. From him they learned much knowledge and skill in building and creating. They mined stone to build high towers, and so discovered the beautiful gems of the earth. These they took and fashioned into beautiful creations, and gave them away freely just as their teacher Aule had done. But the Teleri, that last large slow group, are left behind. To them comes Ose, a Maiar in the service of Olmo. He befriends them and teaches them of the sea and its music. Thus the Teleri developed a deep love and reverence of the sea. After many years and much pleading by the Noldor and their king Finway, Olmo returns to the Teleri to bring them over the sea to Valinor. Not all of the Teleri are willing to continue the journey. Some were persuaded by Ose to remain near the waters of his keeping, and thus became the Falathrim. Their lord was Kidron the shipwright. Now Kidron is an important and valiant elf in the struggles against Melkor and Sauron. He founded many harbors from which the elves could sail the seas and later befriended the men of Numenor. He also founded the Grey Havens, 
which is mentioned many times in the books and movies, and is actually the location of the final parting of Sam and Frodo and Bilbo as they sail west to the undying lands of Valinor. Kidron was also an original keeper of one of the three rings of power that the elves had, although he later gave his ring to Gandalf, as we will discover in future episodes. Back to the Teleri. Another splinter group of the Teleri was a group still looking for their lord Elway, who, if you remember from our last episode, has fallen in love with Malian the Maiar. Eventually they find him, but because the other Teleri had already left, they remain in Middle-earth and call themselves the Forsaken People, because the desire in their hearts would have been to continue to Valinor if they could have. While Olmo is transporting the Teleri west, he is convinced by Osei to fasten the moving island in the seas just outside of Valinor. There they were able to live under the light of the stars, and yet could still see the light of the trees through the pass of light. In time, the desire in the hearts of the Teleri to see the light of the trees grew stronger than their love of the stars and the sea. So Osei reluctantly taught them how to build seaworthy ships, and the Teleri crossed from their island home to the shores of Valinor. They built for themselves a city called Alqualonde, and from there they could travel to see the trees or remain under the light of the stars. They received many sparkling gems from the Noldor and gathered many pearls. They strew these precious stones onto the beaches and in pools of water, so that the light of the silver and gold trees and the stars would intermingle with the waves. You can be the hero of your own Marvel Comics adventure. Marvel Strike Force is an extraordinary mobile game, a haven for comic book enthusiasts and gamers alike. Lead your own fellowship of heroes and villains to battle against the forces of darkness that threaten the very fabric of the universe. From the menacing Doctor Doom to the formidable Apocalypse, every battle is a chance to prove your mettle. And right now, Marvel Strike Force is commemorating its six-year anniversary. That means free rewards await those who heed the call and sign up today. With weekly events and bonuses, this anniversary celebration promises a treasure trove of special rewards. Rally your allies, sharpen your blades, and dive into the action of Marvel Strike Force today. Use code MAXPOOL to unlock free new treasures. That's code MAXPOOL, all one word, on the mobile game Marvel Strike Force. Now, back to wandering. We're not done yet. If you like this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends. Remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be right back. Into the Archives is a monthly podcast hosted by Talia Franks, me. Every month, I interview a different guest about their life in fandom and regale them with a retelling of my favorite fanfics, be they from Doctor Who, Marvel, Harry Potter, Good Omens, BBC Merlin, or whatever I'm reading that month. You can find more information about Into the Archives at intotheArchivesPod.com and find us on Twitter and Instagram at ArchivesPod. Now, almost all the remaining tales in the Silmarillion describe the dealings of the Noldor, who eventually returned to Middle-earth. So I need to discuss some notable characters of the Noldor, and specifically family members of their king, Finway. The Noldor were ever exploring, ever seeking for deeper knowledge, ever advancing their crafting skills. They were the ones who first devised writing. Finway, their king, was wed to Muriel, who bore a son named Feanor, a name which means spirit of fire. The birth of her son was a consuming experience for Muriel, so consuming that she said this to Finway, Never again shall I bear child, for strength that would have nourished the life of many has gone into Feanor. She eventually died. Wait, died? I thought elves were immortal. Yes, except for battle wounds and burdens of great grief, like that which Moriel bore after Feanor was born. In this case, her spirit left her body to dwell in the halls of Mandos. 
Finway grieved the passing of his love and poured his heart into Feanor. Feanor was an ambitious and driven elf. His hair was black and he was tall. I love this line that Tolkien uses to describe his personality. Few ever changed his courses by counsel, none by force. Feanor's thirst for knowledge and his desire to grow his skill led him to devise a new writing method. He also devised ways to create gems that were brighter and more beautiful than the gems found in the earth. He made gems that were white and colorless, but under starlight would shine as if with a blue and silver flame. He was rarely at rest. He wed Nerdanel, who was the daughter of a great smith. For a time he listens to her counsel, for she was also strong-willed like Feanor, though more patient. She gave birth to seven sons, but because of Feanor's later deeds, they became estranged. Feanor's father, Finway, eventually remarried. His second wife was Indus of the Vanyar, who was golden-haired, and she also gave birth to two sons. This remarriage did not please Feanor at all, and he had little respect for his half-brothers. He lived separately from them, and spent his time exploring the limits of Eleanor or creating new things. One last member of Finway's family to note, and that it's Galadriel. Yes, that Galadriel of Lothlorien, who bears a ring of power, sits on the White Council that banishes Sauron from Mirkwood, and gives great gifts to the Fellowship of the Ring. She has been around for a long, long time, and looks much better for her age than, say, Master Yoda. But that's mixing Legendaria, so we won't go there. I find it interesting that in Galadriel we find the blood of all three major houses of the elves. Her grandfather Finway was Noldor, her grandmother Indus was Vanyar, and her mother was of the Teleri who dwelt in Aqualonde. This time of blessedness, when all the elves were gathered with the Valar in Valinor, and the Noldor worked away at their crafting, is known as the Noontide of Valinor. But in Middle-earth, all days of bliss eventually pass away. In time, Melkor's sentence was completed, and as Manwe had promised, Melkor was brought before the Valar to receive judgment. For he sees the glory of the Valar and feels only envy. He sees the elves and feels only hatred. He sees the wealth and the gems and feels only lust. Yet all these feelings he hides and sues for forgiveness and mercy at Manwe's feet. Manwe grants his release, bad move, but because they still don't fully trust him, good move, Melkor is not allowed to leave the city of the Valar. For a time, Melkor gave support and aid to all who asked of him. Yet Elmo hadn't been deceived, and Tulkis clenched his fists whenever he was near Melkor. Melkor hated the elves, because it was on their behalf that the Valar had raged war against him. So in his deceitful manner, he drew closer to them in friendship. The Vanyar were ever suspicious of him, and he looked at the Teleri with scorn, considering them to be too weak for his plans. So he gravitated most to the Noldor. The Noldor delighted in the knowledge that Melkor could share. And while Melkor claimed that he taught Feanor all things, Feanor hated Melkor from the beginning, and never even spoke with him. Feanor was driven by his own ambition, his own fire, and would take or seek counsel from no one. Haven't I said before that nothing is simple with Tolkien? That's one of the characteristics of The Lord of the Rings that I really enjoy, its depth and complexity. Let's recap. The elves eventually all make their way to Valinor. Feanor is an ambitious craftsman, and his deeds will propel the rest of the Noldor to return to Middle-earth. Melkor has been released from captivity, and for a time is faking his love for the Eldar, though in his heart he hates and seeks to dominate. Until next time. My friends, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. Until next week, remember, not all those who wander are lost.